Our gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. May the Lord bless the reading of this living word and may the words of my lips and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Until we have peace in here, until we have peace in our hearts and minds, we will never have peace out there. We will never make peace with our circumstances or with each other. We will never have peace in this world. We see this truth unfolding in the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Angel, Mary came, uh, Angel Gabriel came to Mary when she was about 13 years old and told her she would carry God's child. Can you imagine? The question of how this was possible was already infinitely perplexing enough. But what might have been worse was the question of how this barely teenage girl who had never been with her fiancé or any man for that matter, was going to explain this pregnancy. All of Mary's hopes and her dreams and her life itself seemed to be lost. The angel called her favored one and told her the Lord was with her, but Luke tells us that she was very perplexed by his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. How can this be, she cried. But somehow, by the end of the conversation, just a few sentences more in Luke's tight prose, she went from, how can this be, to let it be. Let it be with me according to your word. Being able to make this movement from how can this be to let it be, to let it be with me, is the key to having peace in this world. But I don't think this is the only time that Mary had to do this. Imagine with me all the moments of Mary's life that occurred between the episodes that Luke captured. Imagine that though the divine Christ was growing in Mary's womb, that her heart and her mind were very much like ours, filled with fear and anxiety and stress and emotions all over the place. I imagine Mary woke up every morning very perplexed. 
Has this all been a dream? Did that angel really speak to me? I imagine she was very perplexed, wondering how she was going to explain this pregnancy to Joseph and her parents. I imagine she was very perplexed when Joseph came to her when she was pregnant and already having a hard time just getting around the house. He said, "Um, honey, we have to take a road trip to my hometown. I mean, it's only 70 miles, maybe seven to 10 days walking, but, uh, you know, and we'll be camping outside on the ground in the wilderness, but I'll make you comfortable. It'll, It'll be okay. I imagine Mary was very perplexed when they finally got to Bethlehem and there was no place to settle for them except a barn. Now, when Mary's broke and contractions started, of course, there would be no choice but to be right where they were. Her body would not let her do otherwise. But I wonder if there were moments before her labor began when Mary had to get over her disappointment and make peace with that place where they had ended up. And that's why I picked this scripture for Hanging of the Greens Sunday. Because I imagine Mary and Joseph doing their best to clean out that feed trough and searching around to find some soft hay for the mattress that would go in the bottom. I imagine them taking a blanket out of the saddlebag. Maybe it was only one of the two blankets that they brought with them. Maybe it was the blanket that Joseph would have normally slept under. I imagine Mary folding it just right and placing it in the manger and then going through her clothing to see if there might be a soft thing that she could tear a piece out of to wrap Jesus in. And I imagine Joseph building a roaring fire and scrounging up some lanterns and trying to make sure that barn was as warm and as bright as it could possibly be. And then once the action really started, I imagine one of the midwives from the village telling Joseph to go get some boiling water or some needless item to get a meddling husband out of the way so that they could continue their work in peace. Once Mary got over this perplexing thought that her son would be born in a barn, I imagine her making peace with this place she was in. And I think her and Joseph preparing this room was an outward practice that gave their anxious hands something to do and their anxious minds something to focus on. And this space made space for Jesus not just to enter the world, but their hearts too. I think this is part of why we decorate our homes in this season. I think it's part of why we have decorated the house of the Lord on this Hanging of the Green Sunday. Because our preparation of these rooms for Christmas gives our anxious hands something to do and our anxious minds something to focus on. And in so doing, we create a space of wonder within us and around us. We make room within us and around us for Jesus to come into the usually hectic and cluttered places into our lives. I don't know about you, but seeing this place I'm seeing this place with new eyes, festooned with garlands and crowned with wreaths and a fire with poinsettias and flickering with candlelight. These decorations may seem small and insignificant, but they lift my spirit out of the perplexing thoughts that threaten to dominate my inner life, even if it's just for a minute. 
Jenny might tell you that the first few years we dated that I was a little bit of a Scrooge. Well, maybe not just a little, maybe a lot. We would get into the car and I would groan as she turned on Christmas music. I was the enforcer between that, of that line between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Growing up, I barely knew what Advent was, but I knew that it was a cardinal sin to put lights up or sing, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas before Thanksgiving was over. Were some of y'all raised right like that? Yes, yes, yes. But over the years, I have seen the peace that Jenny has found in lighting that first balsam-scented candle after the last pumpkin candle has died, or singing Christmas music, or decorating the house and covering herself in a blanket and watching those god-awful Hallmark Christmas movies. I mean, they're terrible, right? And somehow, through it all, my little Grinch heart has grown a few sizes larger. And it was about ready to burst out of the frame on the Sunday before Thanksgiving when my six-year-old little boy who was always running around and jumping off the furniture begged his mommy to put up the tree. And I watched him slowly and gently place the ornaments with great care. Peace on earth and goodwill between toddler and the rest of creation, at least in our household, the cat and the dog could lay down together without being chased for at least 20 minutes. This may seem trivial, but sometimes putting up the Christmas tree is one of the few moments that a family stops everything else in the hectic years of parents at work and worry and teenagers playing sports and applying for colleges and driving all over town with their friends. Putting up the Christmas tree in college years might be one of the few moments when all your children are together in the house before life pulls them in a hundred different directions after graduation from your home. In those lonely years since the house became empty, you may do all the decorating by yourself. But this act of bringing treasured items out of storage and adding color and light and meaning to that often too empty space can steady your soul even in the bittersweet remembering of old times. And I think something similar happens in the house of the Lord. Just look at those garlands and wreaths made from trees defiantly and eternally alive, even in the dead of winter. Just look at these flamboyant poinsettias towering high above us, bright red in this colorless season. Hanging of the greens has no practical purpose except to create beauty. Or maybe, as the poet Gerard Manley Hopkins said, to give beauty back to God. These moments are temporary, but they are anything but trivial. They might just be the beginning of a little bit of peace. They help us settle into this moment that we are in. They help us make peace even with the disappointing places we have ended up, just like Mary and Joseph did on that holy night. You may think this sermon is silly. Decorating might not be your thing. The garlands and the poinsettias and the candles might not give you any respite from your work or your worry. 
The lights you staple on your house like Clark Griswold might just be another honey-do list item wearing you out. All of this Christmas cheer might make your grief even more painful. No one would blame you for saying, bah humbug. But all of these things that I've talked about symbolize the need we all have to settle in. To settle into this monotonous, disappointing, and tragic place we find ourselves in sometimes. To make a little peace within ourselves wherever we are. As Richard Rohr would say, we all have to find ways to forgive life for what it is. As Bill W. taught in AA, we all have to get to acceptance. We have to find some moments each day to stop fixing and perfecting, to stop stressing and scheming, to stop relentlessly wishing to be somewhere else but this place in some other circumstance than the one we find ourselves with some other people than the ones right in front of us, and to accept that we have no choice but to be right where we are. Not all of us like to decorate. Not all of us are Christmas people. But we all need to find practical and accessible ways to move like Mary from how can this be to let it be and let it be with me. Because otherwise, there is no room for Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to be born within us in this season. So make a little space in your life right now. Take a deep breath and pray with me that serenity prayer of Reinhold Niebuhr that might make a little room for Jesus in your life. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Take this prayer with you into this week, into this holiday season. The family issues probably aren't ever going to get fully solved. At least not in time for that perfect Christmas gathering that you've been fantasizing about. So pray this prayer as you try to let go of those expectations. The demands of work or school or home aren't going anywhere. They're not going to stop when you finish your punch list or finish that paper or get through that last basket of laundry. There's always more. There's always something else to do. So pray this prayer as you find the courage to stop your ceaseless work and rest. You're never going to get done with the task of self-improvement. You'll never be thin enough or fit enough or have enough on your resume or get enough likes or shares on Instagram. And so pray this prayer as you try to believe this is enough and I am enough. You're never going to stop worrying about your children, no matter how old they get. There's no way to keep them fully safe. There's no way to hold their hands through every challenge. So pray this prayer as you let them go and remember that your children are in God's hands. Your child or your spouse or your friend won't ever be exactly who you thought they would be or who you wish they would be or what you're trying to make them into. So pray this prayer as you try to accept them as they really are. You might not ever be able to walk upstairs again or drive again or live in your own home again. 
So pray this prayer as you try to find peace in the place that you are. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. But know that even if you're too filled with grief or stress or anxiety to pray this prayer, that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is making room within you, is making room within your life anyway. That is what happened for Jill Jackson. She wrote, when I attempted suicide in 1944 and I didn't succeed, she said, I knew for the first time unconditional love, which God is. You were totally loved, totally accepted, just the way you are. In that moment, I was not allowed to die, and something happened to me, which is very difficult to explain. I had an internal moment of truth in which I knew I was loved, and I knew I was here for a purpose. And it was that moment of peace that 11 years later made her write these words. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. My friends, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me and you and us. Let peace begin as we did what Joseph and Mary did. As we fulfill Isaac Watts' invitation from joy to the world, let every heart prepare him room But know that even if that feels impossible for you, that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is making room for peace. That Jesus is making room for Himself in your heart anyway. Even as we speak. May it be so. Amen.